am so looking forward to talk to today's guest. I'll be speaking with Keila D. Keila and I met through Jordan Rainer's launch team, and we're both writers, we're both passionate about creating, and we're both fans of Jordan Rainer. Um, but today is not about Jordan Rainer. Today is about Keila and a very interesting topic, one Keila eventually wants to publish a book about. Um, so we're going to talk about sub-creation. So creatives, artists, designers, composers, you know, singers, songwriters, or whatever it may be that you do as a creative entrepreneur, this episode is going to be a blast for you because sub-creation is an amazing concept that honest God and Keila can tell us all about it. So Keila, welcome to the show. It is so good to be here. Thanks for having me. So tell us about you. Well, first and foremost, I am a Christ follower. Um, I am a wife. I am a Texan. You can probably tell from my hick accent, which will come through as we get talking, probably. I'm a writer. Did I say that already? No. <laughs> I'm a writer. And yeah, pretty much all you need to know. I work in communications for my day job, but maybe one day I will be a writer full time. So yeah. Yes, for sure. So Keila, I said a lot about sub-creation, but what is it? Tell us about it. All right. So I first started, I guess, pursuing my career journey in writing about seven years ago. And I was trying to start a blog and I was like, what does the name of my blog need to be? Or what is, what is my brand? And I could never think of the right word to call my writing. Like it could be called Keela D writing or Keela D books was what it was called for a while. And I was like, there, there needs to be a better word because I didn't just want to limit myself to writing books or even just writing. Like I play music, I mm -hmm. dabble in art. And so I was like looking for a word to describe kind of the nonsense that I was uh, wanting to write about and talk about. And I didn't find it until I was in college and I took a class honoring the amazing J.R.R. Tolkien and like my whole world was shook. Um, he wrote this essay in like 1938 called On Fairy Stories. And he's kind of talking about the genre of fairy tales and where they come from and why they're important and why he reads them and writes them. And he uses this term called subcreation, which actually I think the first time he uses it is in a poem, but he references the poem in this essay. And I was like, what does this mean? This is amazing. And essentially to Tolkien, a subcreation is a fictional world that a writer creates that is like a subset from reality. Mm -hmm. So we live in the primary world. And then as an author, you create a secondary world like his would be Middle Earth. Um, but he kept calling man sub creator. And obviously, Tolkien is a Christian. And so I took that definition even further into thinking Everything I create needs to fall under God's primary creation. And I need to remember that it's not, I'm not the main creator here. I am writing with the hands and the words and the brain that God gave me. And so my creation should reflect that and honor him. Yeah, I totally love that. And I also love the fact that, you know, the only one who can create something new and from scratch is God. And, you know, it's up to us. It's been given to us in our gifts and talents to sub-create. And I, yeah, when you told me about that concept, I was like, Keila, I know why you're so well, enthusiastic about it. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I've just become more obsessed with this topic by hearing other writers talk about it. Of course, you know, Jordan Rayner loves talking about creatives and how the very first characteristic we hear about God is that he's a creator. 
Genesis 1 is all about that. In the beginning, God created. And so we, as his image bearers, therefore have the desire to do that as well. And then people like Ryan Lister and uh, Jay Terry, I believe, uh, authors of Images and Idols, they talk about how God is the only one who can create out of nothing. And everything that we create is because he first created it. Yeah, I like that. So I know when we talk about Lord of the Rings, like the, the, the series that uh, Tolkien wrote, lots of people sometimes also say, well, it's like this dark magic and, you know, can he even be a Christian? How can a Christian create that? What would be your answer to that? You know, I don't think Christians always have to create Christian stuff, but there's a difference between Christianity or Christian influenced writings and magic. <laughs> Definitely. So you can talk to, you can survey a hundred people who've read Lord of the Rings. Half of them might not even know it's a Christian text or it was written by a Christian because it's not overtly Christian. He's never, he never has his characters praising God or anything, but because we know his background and because we know the gospel, we can see those themes at work in his writing. And even though there's kind of evil stuff in there, there are orcs, there's Sauron, there's bad things going on. In the end, goodness wins. And that's the ultimate story of the gospel. Like there's a lot of crap that happens between God created heaven and earth and Jesus coming back and saving us. But we know that's going to happen and the good guy is going to win in the end. And so Tolkien is just presenting that in a way that is fantastical to us to make it a little more entertaining. And I think approachable to people who aren't necessarily Christians, but we're still getting that gospel story that God is in control. And even though darkness exists, the light will prevail in the end. Yeah. And somehow we people want to read that or listen to that or see that on a movie. We always want the good guy to win. Isn't that oh, beautiful? <laughs> definitely. It is. And even things that are not created by Christians like Star Wars, Marvel, Harry Potter, you see the story time and time again, the good guys win. And mm -hmm. Who, who taught us to do that? The ultimate story is Jesus. And that was the first story ever told. And in my opinion, we're all just retelling it in our own way, whether we know it or not. Yeah. And I just think that's really, really cool. Yeah. And wasn't, wasn't it C.S. Lewis as well who said, uh, we don't necessarily need more Christian writers. We need, you can, you can say better. <laughs> <laughs> He says, we don't need more people writing Christian books. We need more Christians writing good books. Yeah. Exactly. Because ultimately, I think he has a quote where it says, Aslan just comes tumbling through. You can't even help it. Like, if we are Christians, the things that we create should naturally reflect God's goodness, God's love, God's power. Whether or not we actually say his name in our writing, he should be honored through that. And we should be loving others through that as well. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And it's not just writing. I mean, for every creative entrepreneur that's listening, it could be anything that you do creatively. Oh, yeah. Everything that you create can have a unique purpose. And it doesn't just have to be for entertainment. It can be someone building a house and providing shelter for someone. It could be just blatantly for entertainment, someone writing a song, you're making someone have a positive reaction or an emotional response to it. And I think that's still God honoring as well. Any Anything we're creating, like I said, we're doing it because 
God showed us. This is this is what you do. I created you and I gave you this desire to therefore go and create your own things. Yeah. And, and it's a good point because I know I struggled with creating just for the sake of entertainment. And I kind of felt guilty because I thought, well, you know, what is entertainment serving for purpose, you know? But I think you're right. Like entertainment is is good. At first, some something might be entertainful, <laughs> it might be entertaining. <laughs> and then it, you know, might steer something inside of people. But even if it does not, I think it's still a, a good thing to, to accomplish. Oh, definitely. Um, and even Tolkien talks about this. And on fairy stories, he says, often fairy stories or fairy tales, any sort of fiction is a form of escapism because sometimes we want to take a breath from this reality we're living. Sometimes we want to escape from our dull world or our bad world, or even if it's a good world, you just want to take a step away and look at something else for a second and enter that realm of imagination to just get out of your head a little bit. But in doing so, I think you can also better process what's going on in your real world because of whatever's going on in the story you start to relate to the characters you start to connect with the story and make those real life connections in your own life and that is really really cool we do that without even realizing it sometimes and even if it's just something silly like the office is my favorite tv show of all time i don't think it was created by christians it definitely doesn't have an overt christian theme around it it's mostly there to make you laugh But yeah. that show means so much to me because I grew up watching it and I associate certain episodes with certain periods in my life. And it has helped me process complex emotions through those characters and storylines. And that is really, really cool. And that is serving God's children, the image bearers of him, you know, and mm -hmm. yeah, that's God honoring too. That's so cool. And it reminds me of actually my previous job. I was a media coach at the library. And mm -hmm. one of the things we really wanted to help primary school teachers with is to let their children, their students enjoy reading because reading, especially fiction, is so important for your development. It helps, especially for your emotional intelligence. It's really important because you can relate to the character that you're reading about and you read about conflicts and how they get solved and It's very good for your imagination as well. Just, you know, the things you were just telling us, what the TV show has done for you. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's very important. And that's why I like fiction a lot. And this is also to all the people who think fiction is just nonsense and you can't learn anything from fiction. That's bull. Very true. Very true. Yeah, I think nonfiction can still be entertaining and fiction can still be informative. I definitely read both. And yeah, I think it's important to anyone. I mean, it starts with children's books. You see a kid fall down and hurt his knee, and then he learns to get back up and try again. That starts from like very first picture books. And then you see it carry on, carry on into adult fiction as well. More complex situations, but you're an adult, you're dealing with more complex situations. Um, but it makes you feel better and it makes you process your own reality. Yeah, it even reminds me of something somebody said to me about how you can be happy or feel more happier. It was reading fiction every day for like 20 minutes or so. And then walking under trees was very good for you. And then there was something else. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> and that's really cool because that is channeling sub-creation and primary creation. You're getting yeah. into God's world, this primary reality he's created for us. And then 
you're reading subcreation written by somebody else, which helps you process your own reality. So that's really cool. Yeah. And I mean, no offense to nonfiction books because they're good too. And there are yeah. lots of good books out there. And, you know, we mentioned Dor- Jordan Rayner already. Yeah. <laughs> books are pretty good. So, but, but okay, we talked a lot about writing and books and, but not necessarily more about subcreation. And I know you want to write a book about it and I know you will eventually. Um, but, but tell us about it because I know this is an entire concept that you worked on. So, what is it? Definitely. Okay, so if I were to write the book on this, I would separate it into different questions that we as Christian creatives would ask ourselves through the process of creating. And it sort of mimics the format that Tolkien uses in that essay I keep referencing. I'm telling you, this essay changed my life. (laughs) I reread it this week in preparation. I was like, oh, this is so good. I forgot how good it was. Can we find it somewhere? Yes, it's actually free online. If you Google on fairy stories, J.R.R. Tolkien, you should find it. It's like 40 pages. It's amazing. Okay. okay. And he's mostly, like I said, he, he's mostly talking about fairy tales and using his very intelligent knowledge and words all throughout it. But <laughs> there's some really good snippets in there about subcreation, about some of the things that really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, But he asked questions like, what is a fairy story? Why do we write them and read them? Where do they come from? Like, where do we get our inspiration for these kinds of stories? Stuff like that. And so that got me thinking, what are we creating as Christians? Is it God honoring? Whether or not it directly mentions God and has Christian themes in it, is it honoring to him? Is it serving his kingdom and loving others in the process? That's, I think, important as Christians to remember that you're not doing it for selfish reasons. You're not filling it with just nonsense and cuss words and things that are not serving God, but genuinely creating a story or whatever you're creating that really serves people and loves God and just honors the kingdom that that he's trying to build for us. And then why are we writing? Are you writing for a paycheck? Are you writing for followers on Instagram? Um, Are you writing for fame and fortune? Or are you writing because God placed this desire and passion on your heart and you're offering it up as a sacrifice to him and using that gift to, like I said, further the kingdom? Who are you writing for? Are you writing for yourself? Which I don't think is a bad thing. I have several jur- journals I keep that are for my eyes only just to process my own feelings. Are you writing for a specific audience? Once again, I don't think that's bad as long as you don't get too in your head about your audience and start worrying too much about what they think and, oh, I have to write a character that they're going to like. And if they don't like it, then my whole story is, re- you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to, you don't want to get too in your head about your audience. Or are you, again, writing to serve God and he's your main audience and whatever he wants you to write, he wants you to write, um, whether it gets popular or not. Or not. Yeah, exactly. And you shouldn't, it shouldn't matter if it gets popular or not, because as you said, you know, your main goal is honoring him. Exactly. And here's a really cool, here's a really cool example of this. So there was a band that started at my church whenever I was younger, and it was just a few guys got together, one played guitar, one played the drums, one could sing, and they created, I think, two or three CDs. They had a handful of gigs, but they never they never made it big. Mm-hmm. You would not recognize their name if I told you. 
but that band meant so much to me. I listen to their music on repeat. I have their songs memorized. Me and my mom to this day will jam out to that CD in the car because it just reminds us of whenever I was little and we were going to school and their music had such an impact on me. It's still, there's this one song that they wrote about the verse, give your burdens to the Lord, he will take care of you. And that song will play in my head if I'm struggling with something. Mm. Like that music has carried me through bad times. They never made it big. Their audience was not that big, but it made an impact on my life. Yeah. I could be that band to somebody. I don't need to be as big as JK Rowling, the billionaire (laughs) author. I mean, that never happens. But if there is a little girl out there who happens upon my blog or finds a book that someone donated to Goodwill, I don't know, (laughs) and it changes her life or impacts her life in a positive way, that is enough for me. And maybe God made me a writer to help that one person. Yeah. But that would still be really, really cool. Yeah. And that's how humble we should be. And I like that because impact doesn't, isn't, isn't related to size. It's related to how big it is, right? Yeah. The impact of it. Okay. So summarizing. So you, you said there's like four questions, right? For sub-creations that we Christians in some sort of creative work can ask ourselves. So one of us, who are we creating for? What are you creating? Why are you creating? And then how do we put subcreation into practice? Yeah. So the last one's how. That's the big question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's why I think this is an ongoing journey that we as writers need to remind ourselves because sometimes I get in my own head and I start thinking too much about my social media followers or oh, I got a negative comment on my blog last week. What does that mean? I'm going to spiral for a second. We all get into those selfish modes, I think, where we lose sight of why we're doing this and why God has placed a particular project on our heart. And so the how is just keeping that in mind and praying with God through your projects and digging into his word and what he says about creation because he says a lot about it. (laughs) And yeah, just keeping the focus on him and not ourselves. And that's what's going to get you through those periods of writer's block or discouragement or those selfish moments when you start worrying about audience too much. And yeah, it's a battle. Writing is not fun like half the time. (laughs) I know you can feel so insecure as well because you're vulnerable. You're putting your own world on paper and you know, people are going to judge it no matter what. Exactly. And that goes for any, any sort of creator. I think we do have this desire to share. Like I could just be a writer at home in my diary and not share it with anybody. But I think we as humans, we're not meant to just stay in our own little bubbles. And we do desire that connection with other people. But we also want to tell our stories. And I think there's a really big it's like sharing stories is so powerful. It's how you make connections. And it is how ultimately you share the glory of God. Because like I said, we're all just telling the same story in our own words. And, you know, I'm sure you heard this growing up in church, but no one can argue with your story. No one can argue with how God moved in your life. And so sharing those words are how we spread the gospel and how we spread his love to other people. And so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I always say we're, our entire society is built on stories. That's just basically what we need. How else can we communicate if we, we don't use stories? And that's something that I've seen kind of make a return during this 
last year plus of pandemic when we haven't had some of the normal interactions we're used to. We're not having those connections with random people at the grocery store or at restaurants. We were kind of forced to our own little bubbles. And what did people start doing? They started I don't know about you, but all over my social media, people were sharing um, videos of them playing guitar and singing, who I didn't even know could do that. You saw all the celebrities reading children's books to kids. You saw people just sharing life with each other more and more because we were starving for that Mm -hmm. kind of connection. And that's what brought us back to each other. That's how very first societies of people connected with each other is just telling stories out loud. And we've grown and evolved through that. But ultimately, we still just long to tell stories and hear stories and share stories. And that's just awesome. It's it's core of our, our beings, I guess. Yeah. And I also just remembered something you just said about, you know, putting God first and involve him with everything. I think it's it's as simple as praying before you start writing. I remember when I wrote my first book, I just felt God was so near. I always say God is the CEO of your business. Well, God is the CEO of everything you do to honor him. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, even if you're stuck, you're like, oh, I don't know where this is going to go. If it's your song or your book, it's okay, God, can you help me? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that's something that I've just now started getting into the practice too, is actually praying with God, talking with him through my writing projects, because Mm -hmm. he's the one who gave me this gift. He's the one who's given me this desire to share it. And so he needs to be there the whole way to make sure it is honoring him and it is what, what needs to be shared, you know? Yeah. Well, and about that last thing, honoring him, you know, using our gifts to honor him. What about bad creations? We are in a world that's very broken. And I mean, a bad creation could be porn or something else that doesn't honor God. How did that come into existence? Is that still sub-creation? Because God doesn't create bad things, right? So this is definitely a question that you racked my brain with. (laughs) I had not really considered, oh yeah, bad things exist in the world. And are created, right? Yeah, Yeah, they are. And so according to Tolkien, in his original definition of this term, that is still a sub-creation. It was created by man. But here's the thing. God Everything God created was good. He saw that it was good. He created us to be good. But he gave us the power of choice, of free will. And what did we do with that? (laughs) We immediately messed up. And we get tempted by... Satan and we get tempted by our own selfish desires and we are fallen human race. And so therefore the things that we create are not always good Mm -hmm. and they can be twisted by our fallen state and our sinful nature. But what I think we as Christians need to strive to do is remember that we are reflecting God. We are held to a higher standard and we need to be spreading his love, his goodness to others. And so all of our subcreations need to be with that in mind, that they are subcreations. They are below his ultimate primary creation, and they need to reflect back on him because we are image bearers and we are image reflectors of his ultimate creation. So when you think about that, then if you're creating for God or reflecting God, you're like, it has to be good. <laughs> Whatever we're making, it has to be good because it's yeah, reflecting no, no pressure. Him. <laughs> right? <laughs> But I mean, good in that it serves God, not that, oh, everything I write has to be a bestseller. It's going to make the New York Times bestseller list. No, but everything I write needs to honor God. Mm -hmm. Every word that I say needs to be in love for him and for his creations, his 
children. Yeah, good distinction. Also for people who are who just love writing, who don't want to do anything with it, but just write for the sake of writing, uh, yeah. you're still honoring God. It doesn't matter if it sees daylight or if it sees uh, or, or other people can see it or read it. It's still honoring him. Yeah, because you're using the gifts and the passions that he gave you. Yeah. It's like the parable of the talents. You don't want to bury them and not use them, like use them to further his kingdom. Even if that's just for you, you're working through your own emotions and you're getting out your own story and that's loving you. That's something that you need to do as well. That's enough. Yeah. yeah. I think it all comes back to our sinful nature. So yeah, it's up to us what we do. I Basically, that was my realization this morning. I read John 3 verse 17 which basically said that jesus came to the world not to judge but to redeem us basically to save the world i'm like this is the concept is so good because we have been given a free will and god just tells us you know you can be you can be my child go for it or not it's your choice and i've given my son to make sure you can actually make this choice and that's just wow (laughs) and that's another thing i don't know if you heard we're back to Jordan Rainer again. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> this is the common thread, which is how we met. So this is why he keeps coming up. But if you heard his last episode with Show Baraka, he was saying, if we were all perfect and we never sinned and we never let a cuss word pass by our lips, then what do we need Jesus for? Mm-hmm. Like if Lord of the Rings was just Frodo walking through the mountains of Middle Earth and having some bread with Sam like what is that? <laughs> you don't you don't need a Gandalf in that story you know so this world is broken it is fallen it is sinful and we are in desperate need of a savior and so yeah we sometimes want to brush the evil under the rug and we don't want to talk about it but it exists and we need to be aware of that because we need to be aware that we need a savior mm-hmm. and he's coming and it's all going to be okay at the end Exactly. So, amen. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else to say. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was just, I was thinking about, yeah, that's why we have a responsibility to make good things, but you know, that's going to mess up what we just said. So just amen. (laughs) Well, we try, we try to make good things. And if we fail, if we mess up, that's okay. Because there's grace. Because there's Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Well, then I'm just going to ask you, I know I didn't didn't prepare you for this, but what's your favorite book, fiction? My favorite book of all time is The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak. It is so good. And ironically, someone stole it from me. <laughs> they didn't steal it, but they borrowed it and never. Oh, okay. it, so. <laughs> How did it get stolen? They are the book. No, it's just such a powerful story. It will make you cry your eyes out, but it's also about the power of words what we've been talking about and how it brings people together and can make change in the world it's said in the second world war right nazi germany yeah okay i will just link this in the podcast description also where can we find more about you and your work for sure i have a weekly blog at kdsubcreations.wordpress.com and i'm also on twitter and instagram at Katie Subcreations. Talk about my writing. I talk about The Office, whatever TV show, movie I'm watching. And yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. People, you should check it out. I love reading things from Keela. 
So Keila, thank you so much for sharing this concept. And I really hope eventually there will be a book about it and I will be one of the first ones to buy it. I'm going to cheer you on. But for now, thank you for being on the show. Yes, it was so great to be here. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Born to Fly podcast. If you liked it, please leave a review on Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. And don't forget to share it with your friends. If you'd like to know more about Born to Fly, go to borntofly.faith. There you can discover our How to Find Your Calling course and a community for like-minded entrepreneurs. Looking forward to having you back next time.